Hello everyone and welcome to the Talk Music Podcast, where we chat everything and anything related to the world of music and occasionally focus on topics a little bit unrelated. My name is Scott Cowie. I am a drummer turned comedy singer-songwriter and apparently now a podcaster. You're going to hear me chat to many different people, but more often than not, it will be fellow musicians having conversations about their careers and lives within, arguably, the greatest art form in the world. And you get this for free each and every week on scottkiwi.com, on Stitcher Radio, and now on iTunes. So please rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend, let them know what's going on over here. But for now, enjoy the show. This week on the podcast, Susanna Hoffs from The Bangles. Huge success in the 80s all the way up until today. We're going to talk about her songwriting process. We're going to talk about her songwriting influences. And we're also going to touch on an influence of hers that you wouldn't really imagine. It's all coming up. Before we get to the interview with the legend that is Susanna, I am joined by my Frequent co-host, good friend, violin player extraordinarist, musical genius. She's only five foot, but ladies and gentlemen, she is Nora Germain. Nora, tell me in one word how you are. Fantastic. Now, we've moved the podcast from Thursday till Tuesday because it's a very special day. As we're recording this, now, if anybody that's listened into the podcast, you will know this well. But Nora Francesca Germain, who's the co-host, who we all know and love, she has a pledge campaign on the go at the moment. Which means she is raising funds in order to pay for her up-and-coming album, her up-and-coming book. It's to fund the next step in the career of Nora Germain. Okay. Now, it's very stressful, right? And I'm speaking on behalf of Nora and myself, right? Because this has taken over the world. I actually don't. I feel great. I don't feel stressed at all. I feel like I'm having a great time. I'm having a great time, but I'm stressed, right? This is taking... Really? I'm stressed. Oh, I just feel feel like a happy adrenaline rush. I've never been in a better mood in my life, actually. Well, I'm glad you're all right, because I'm stressed, okay? Because as we record this, basically with the Pledge Music campaign, which is brilliant, okay? Now, MD that's not familiar, Nora is a brilliant uh, piano player, violin player, singer, the lot, right? So, in order to fund all this, we need to get the 100%. Now, as it stands at the moment, as we're recording this, there's only a few hours to go. So, if you're listening to this, um, we're at different time zones and all, but it's uh, it's late at night here in the UK. It's early-ish during the day in America. So, if, if you're listening to this when it goes up on Tuesday the 15th of September. If you're listening to after that, the drama is over. But as it stands at the moment... Actually, that's not true. Well, here, let me just tell you. So we have until... We have until um, the end of the day today. So if you're listening to this on Tuesday, the 15th of September, we have until the end of the day today to reach 100%. But if you're listening to this after Tuesday, the 15th of September, you can still pledge. We can actually accept pledges into the new year. But we have until today to reach 100%. Otherwise, it all goes to shit. 
So that's the drama part. That's the so. drama, right? So I'm stressed. Nora's not stressed, right? I'm trying to drum up a bit of interest. I'm having a party over here. I'm drinking tequila. I don't know what you're doing. So basically, Nora's drinking tequila, and I'm emailing and I'm texting everybody, and I'm saying pledge for Nora because she's not going to get the money. And Nora's taking forever getting back to me to record this thing, and I'm thinking she's going to be totally stressed. She'll be in a bad mood as she comes on the show. I'll do my best to talk as much as I can because she won't want to talk to me at all. And then you get Nora on the line and she gives it, I'm having a great time, I'm drinking tequila. Where's the justice in that? Yeah, that's good stuff. One calamari. I'm feeling great, honestly. I'm having a great time. Honestly, so if you're listening to this, we might get the 100%, right? So there's time to pledge if you haven't, if, we're, if you're listening to this on the 15th of September, right? And if there's any Bangles fans that are getting annoyed with us at the moment, I'm really sorry. The interview's coming up with Susanna, right? But hear me <laughs> out. Pledge for Nora. Pledgemusic.com forward slash projects forward slash Nora Germain. If you can't remember yes, that. Yes, also, I would like to just say that we have been featured on the homepage of Pledge Music now five times. So if you just go to pledgemusic.com, my campaign is right there on the front. I'm so excited because... You know, they've got hundreds of projects and they don't feature very many. So if you go there, you'll see mine right on the front and you can pledge. And if you're in the United States, the deadline is 11.59 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. I know I said Eastern, but they actually gave us a couple extra hours. Okay, so I hope that uh, that clears everything up. Yes. I have pledged three times and I've noticed that you can... I cannot believe you. (laughs) That's so nice. It's really, well, yeah, I mean... But the it, thing it is, just, though, I, I'm starting to think, if you don't get the 100% and you get no money, that's going to be, that's going to be not, that's not cool. Do you know what I mean? That's not so, possible. I know, know who I am? Possible. Yeah, I know who you are. The person that's not reached 100% yet, so we're trying to get you up to the 100%. And listen, see the amount of stupid shit that I've bought on your website, right? And I've got to be honest, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff that you can buy, right? <laughs> There's a lot of stuff you can buy, like, you can buy Nora's album, which I think I've already got, but I've bought it anyway, right? You can buy a hand, you can buy a handwritten note from Nora. What kind of lunatic would want that? You can also buy a Skype call from Nora. Why would you want to Actually, do that? Scott, there are some violinists and violin teachers who've asked me to write letters to their their students or their children, letters of encouragement to their children who are learning violin, who are early on in their little violin careers. I'm really excited. I've got about 10 or 15 of these to write to some little young ones. And I'm really excited. I don't know how much they are, but I think they're very affordable. They've, they've got to be not very much. So anyway, yes. there you go. Well, it's, it's not worth much. So pay what you can for that one. You can get a letter from Nora. You can get... I think you can pay to get a text message from Nora as well. There's all sorts of dumb stuff there. But for every dumb thing that's available on that site, you can also buy good stuff like Nora's album. Uh, and you can buy other good stuff. You can also spend... The book. book. Oh, the book. It's available. Yeah, you can buy the book. Yeah. There you go. Which I don't think... Is that even written yet? Hell yeah, it's written. Are you kidding me? What do yeah. you think I've been doing for the last five months? Talking to me on Skype every week <laughs> when we do this podcast. <laughs> right, so... That's true. Go on to norasyourmain.com forward slash... Look at the amount of promotion I'm giving you. I should be on a wage, right? That being said, there's also one that's gathering a lot of momentum on the projects page. We spoke about this last week. You can pay $300 to spend a night with Nora. (laughs) Oh, Scott, 
every time you say it, it gets funnier and funnier. Why is I'm that sorry. funny? It's genuinely true. I, so obviously, desperate times call for desperate measures. So um, if if you can afford a little bit more than that letter from Nora, or if you've one one step further than that, you know, dodgy Skype call, spend the night with Nora. Three hundred bucks. There you go. Oh yeah. And just should we clarify that that's not the case? So any lunatic out there that thinks that what we're insinuating to it's, it's a joke, by the way. I th- but you can genuinely spend three hundred dollars on what happens, by the way. When- well, I'll make it really amazing. We can do whatever you're into, you know, whatever you, yeah. Yeah, there's only a few hours to go, so Nora's not going to deny any of that claim. So do whatever um, at this kind of stage, um, like, but in a total serious note. Donate, pledge. Anyway, Nora, apart from all that crap, what's been happening in the world of Nora's Remain? Has it all been 24-7 pledge? Hey, yeah, it has been. But, you know, um, I, um, I'll let you guys know about some new stuff I've got coming up soon. It's really great. I'm in a couple of new movies. I just scored a couple of... Well, I didn't score, but I recorded the score for a few new things that are coming out, which is really cool. I, it's, I've got... Um, there's a horror film I was just doing. What? Um... Also, yeah, and also this cool um, movie that's set in 1940s. It's it's black and white, and it's a comedy, and so I played on that too. There's a lot of stuff, so um, I'll let you guys know. And um, I will be coming to Europe again in not too long. So there's a lot going on, but pledge to my thing because I can't do any of this until I get this freaking thing out of my life for good. Yeah, and I think we'll all be glad to see the back of it, to be honest. I know I certainly will. That being said, we're going to cut to the interview with the legend that is Susanna Hoffs. Then we're going to come back with Nora because she's going to uh, play some violin when we come back after the interview. It's all coming up. Okay, I am back on the Talk Music Podcast with Susanna Hoffs. How are you, Susanna? I'm great. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing not bad at all. Now, very, very interestingly... You were at the last ever Sex Pistols gig. Yeah, I was. Uh, you have to tell us this story, right? Because I'll be honest, I didn't have you down as a Sex Pistols fan, right? So I know, most people don't realise that about me. Well, I, I and I hope I have the date right. I think, it, do you happen to have it offhand? Was it 78? It was 78. The specific date, I don't know, because obviously it was yeah, part... Yeah, I part, think it was January 78, yeah. Um, and it was at the Winterland Ballroom, which was an iconic venue in the Bay Area of California in San Francisco. It was, you know, they had those really interesting posters made for all the different bands that played there. It was, it was, it was a very cool. It used to be a, a an, um, like a roller skating rink or something like that. I don't know. It has some cool backstory to the venue itself. But um, I was at the time attending college, uh, university actually in Berkeley, California, um, just over the, across the bay from San Francisco. And I was very swept up in the whole punk rock revolution that it kind of made this tectonic shift from Zeppelin and The Who and stadium I mean, bands playing stadiums to kind of the club thing and the punk thing. And I just, I guess it was that it, it was, it kind of swept me away realizing that, you know, I guess anyone can be in a band or start a band or play at a club, but not anyone, but you know what I mean? Like it, Mm -hmm. it made it seem possible. It wasn't this mythic thing being in a band. So I was very caught up in it. And I think along with that is how I found out about the Sex Pistols. But anyway, I was in the dance department. I was part of the dance company at Berkeley, and um, 
some of the other dancers were saying they wanted to go to the concert, and I wanted to as well. But it meant standing outside in the line for five hours in the rain, <laughs> which is uh, which was kind of challenging. But I was young, and I was very excited about the show, so I didn't mind getting soaking wet. And then we all packed in like sardines to the venue, and it was insane. It was amazing. It was an amazing show. Now, nobody actually knew that that was going to be their last at the time, uh, which is, is just fascinating because I've seen it in videos so many times. But the band played really well. That was probably Sid Vicious' uh, best ever gig, I think. It was really good. It was tight. It was tight. And it had that kind of cool, sort of buzzy, like very cohesive sound. I don't know what they made this sound. The record has that sound, too. It's kind of like beautiful distortion i guess is the best way to describe it it was just in its way it was really beautiful and i uh, to me i mean i don't people wouldn't probably put that adjective to it but i don't know it just i was and 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 in recent years i i found out that belinda carlisle who i know really well from the go-go's she was at that show too lots of people were at that show um and now I'm forgetting everyone besides Linda, but um, it was really, I'm really grateful that I had the, the, the wherewithal to get myself o- across the bay and over and stand in the line and get inside there to see that because it was really very special. Right, so this has started your um, idea of starting a band or has seriously influenced that progression. So um, take it take it from there then. So you, you've been at that gig, the, you're, you're loving everything punk rock, and so how, how did it all go from there? Well, and I also saw the Patti Smith group there as well at the Winterland Ballroom. I think, um, well, I an old friend from my neighborhood growing up in Los Angeles um, decided to go to Berkeley, and we started to date, and the two of us, and his name is David Roback, he went on to do a band uh, that was part of our Paisley underground scene in the early 80s called the Rain Parade, but then went beyond the uh, Rain Parade, he started a band called Mazzy Star, and they had quite a lot of success um, with Fade Into You, this one song that was really beautiful. But anyway, so David and I start da- started dating, and we we kind of had a we were kind of a duo although we never played a single show it was it was still that period where you're you think you're in a band but your band only really exists within the walls of your living room you know and um but but we managed to make some little recordings at that time you know it was pre-internet pre-digital pre all of the technological advances so there were little recordings done on little cassette cassette tapes and but those led to um me that this sort of formation of the bangles in a way because even though my band with david didn't survive our breakup um once i got back to la i was very motivated after graduating in the summer of 1980 i came back to los angeles and i was very motivated to find people to be in a band with and i think the fact that it didn't work out with the boyfriend (laughs) kind of planted the idea of what what about trying to find some female musicians and i was a big go-go's fan at the time and um there was a pretty happening little club scene in la um going on so i would go around to the clubs and make flyers and stick them in the ladies bathrooms of the clubs and pull them out of the trash bins when people would throw my whole stack of flyers in there and and put them around record stores and i finally advertised 
um, in a in a local um, uh, paper, kind of the Craigslist. I don't know if you have Craigslist. Yeah, in the yeah. UK. Oh, you do. So, um, and that's how I, I, it was a bit of a circuitous path, but I met Vicki and Debbie Peterson because their roommate at the time had placed an ad, and I, I was sort of scouring the recycler, this Craigslist thing, for, for female musicians to hook up with. And, and so, anyway, I called, and Vicky answered the phone, and the roommate wasn't there, the one who had placed the ad. And, and then we ended up, so Vicky and I ended up meeting up, and, and I met her sister, Debbie, who plays drums in the Bangles, and we formed the band in one night. It was like the meeting was kind of so successful, and and we felt crazily, I don't know, confident to just dive in and decide to marry each other in a sense, you know. And then I then I found Danette through the recycler, our first bass player. So we it was a bit of an odd path, but it worked. And it's been very, very successful. And um, talk to us about the uh, the songwriting process of the band and obviously you since then. Now has it changed throughout the years? Um do you write uh, did you write as a band? Did you all come in with individual stuff? How did it all come about? Well, um, initially, I began to write songs uh, very early in the Bengals' existence um, with Vicky, and she was a, a, a very accomplished songwriter already at that point. <clears throat> she and Debbie had had several bands, and Vicky had been writing songs for a while. I had been writing songs with David Roback, but at the time, I was sort of starting fresh and kind of forming this new writing partnership with Vicky, and so many of our early songs were written together, a few of them, um, and, and we've released the uh, EP that we did, our first EP, um, so all of those compositions, uh, there was one that Debbie, Vicky, and I wrote together, so we were writing as a band, um, Vicky was still continuing to write on her own um, as well, and um, but I mostly collaborated with her during all the Bengals records until um, actually the last Bengals record I we all sort of took divergent paths and began writing with friends and people that we'd met in the journey of being a band and so I started to write a lot with Billy Steinberg and Tom Kelly and that's where Eternal Flame and In Your Room came out of that writing relationship with those guys. Wow. Now, when you were writing the songs at the time, um, did you ever think um, that in years to come they would still mean so much to people um, after, after all this time? I, I'm, um, I'm kind of awed by the fact that that happened, I mean, and, and really kind of, you know, it's, it's really overwhelming to think about it because in, in the when you're doing it at the time, you're just hoping you're coming up with something good and honest and and, and heartfelt, and, and that was always my goal, to just sort of express things that, that I was feeling or that I thought, you know, were common to other human beings, you know, and try to kind of encapsulate thing, emotional things into songs, and that was always my, my wish, because I am a music fan, and music is a huge part of my daily life, and it is kind of the soundtrack to my life, and there are different songs for different feelings, and I've always sort of listen to music as if it's almost like a friend or something. So the fact that these songs have endure, endured and mean something to people in the way that songs that I really like mean something to me is the greatest compliment and, and just really kind of hard to wrap my head around, honestly. But, um, but I'm grateful, deeply grateful for that.
Yeah, and there's been so many people that have covered the songs as well, which just must be I a, know. must be an amazing feeling. I don't know if you've ever heard the Katie Tunstall version of Walk Like an Egyptian. I uh, have. I have, and she was on your show, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. I I was so blown away by that. I mean, it's it's so cool when when people. Co- I mean, we didn't actually write "Walk Like an Egyptian," but um, it's, it was written by Liam Sternberg, who is an old friend of Chrissy Hind, actually. Mm-hmm. But um, he's a really cool guy. But yeah, hearing any of our songs covered, whether they're ones that we wrote or not, is just it's a really it's very exciting and fun. Absolutely. Now you mentioned that music is um, as a, a friend, so to speak. You listen to it every yeah. day. Um, you are, are, are a big Beatles fan. Um, obviously, your 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 mum played you Beatles records growing up. Tell us about uh, some Beatles tracks that you like, or what albums have kind of continued to inspire your songwriting to this day. Oh God, there's so many. Uh, there's a period of the Beatles, kind of early part of their thing that that was. I don't know why it always comes to mind records like um i think it was a single actually i feel fine i think it was on one side and she's a woman was on the other yeah. but um and it was just sort of the perfect john i feel fine and then paul she's a woman it was just like this um really i don't know such simple songs but the, the everything about those records just was um so bright and 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 emotional and sort of just I don't know, it's like all that youthful romance and thrilling thing that they were doing just bottled in those songs. So I I really love those that period of the Beatles. But I really love I would probably if I had to pick my favorite couple of albums, I would say Rubber Soul and Revolver. But I sh- I know you had different versions in the UK, but we and and. Um, those two were just amazing, um, I think. And, um, yeah, I mean, everything the Beatles did is, is incredible, but there, I had, those are some favourites. Oh, it's brilliant. I tell you what, there's a track that I think is really underrated. I, I, I love this track, uh, Rocky Raccoon. Uh, which oh, is, that's cool, yeah. That's such an amazing song. Um, I was I was fortunate enough to have Julian Lennon on the podcast, and it was uh, it was great to chat to him about that song, because he's a fan of, of that as well. But um, I totally agree. Everything. I mean, there's so many cool ones, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's amazing. It's just like the, the considering they were only, I think they recorded material for a total of eight years to think of all of those albums. It's just, it's incredible, uh, the, the depth of it. And some that weren't on albums, you know, some amazing ones, like, I love the song Rain. I mm-hmm. don't know if you're yeah, familiar yeah. with yeah, it. Yeah. Um, it wasn't even on an album. I was just talking to somebody about this the other day. That was not there was there's a, a whole little handful of really which I guess at the time they were deciding to just put them out as singles. Oh like Paperback Writer and Rain were never released on albums. So it's it's it really is kind of an astounding yeah, and collection they have done. Yeah, yesterday wasn't on an album and I don't think she loves you was either. Uh, so oh really? I don't. I could be wrong. Somebody'll no doubt tweet me and correct me about that. But I'm I'm almost 100. percent Yesterday definitely wasn't on an album. And um, wow, I'm not 100%. I mean, because we had we had an album called Yesterday and Today, which was also it had and your bird could sing. But I don't think that's what it was called in England. Do you know? Or in, not, in the UK? No, I don't. Um, I think there was different collaborations. They brought out. Um, did you guys ever get the um, the Past Masters albums or the 
the Red and Blue no. albums? Did they come out over there? No. That was like a, a compilation, but um, no, just just amazing stuff. Well, maybe they came out, but I didn't. I didn't have them. Now, um, we spoke briefly about collaborations earlier on. Is there any musician, artist, band that you have not had the chance to work with yet that you would like to work with in the future? Anybody at all? Oh, wow. Uh, um, well, I love the zombies. They're coming to town. Wow. Um, I'm a huge zombies fan, so I'd love to sing with Colin Blundstone. I love, um, God, there's so many. I love Chrissy Hind. I love Neil Finn. I love... Oh, I mean, it's just impossible to name. I mean, I love Dolly Parton. I love, um, I mean, it's just, it goes in a million different directions. I always kind of can't think when people ask me those because there's just too many. Gee. New and I feel almost embarrassed to even mention. I, I just, but it just, if, as long as we are, those are a few. I, I love the fact that you mentioned Neil Finn there. Uh, amazing yeah. writer. Amazing credit. Amazing. Phenomenal. I know. Amazing. Right, so um, obviously you had the solo album out and it was to great critical acclaim. What have you got coming up in the future? What's happening with the bangles? What's happening with your own stuff? What have you got planned? Well, I'm very busy um, just getting ready to record some new solo songs. And the bangles um, have been working pretty consistently. Unfortunately, we just haven't gotten over to the UK in the last few years. We really were hoping to get over there um, in this fall, this autumn, but um, it's we're, we're probably probably looking to do a more um, organized tour rather than these little jaunts here and there around America um, in the uh, summer of next year. Maybe some festivals. It's it's all kind of just floating around as an idea right now, but um, I, there should be some some news on it soon. Um, but that's what we're hoping to do. I have been doing kind of a residency at a theater, a really cool theater in Los Angeles called Largo at the Coronet. And there's just a group of us that kind of are in and out doing different things, guesting on each other's shows. A lot of people have um, a monthly show like I do, Lo loads of people, a lot of comedians and, 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 and musicians. And, and there's a lot of mixing of comedy and music there too. So I've been doing that. Um, I... I'm also. I've also been working on a book, but that's all sort of just. Uh, there might be a way, a way off, ways off before that. That's done. Um, just a lot of stuff, a lot of writing, a lot of writing, and a lot of uh, hopefully getting some recording done. Excellent. It all sounds very, very exciting indeed. I like the thought of the Bangles being over in the UK and particularly playing Scotland. We'll need to somehow make that happen. Oh, we have to. <laughs> I know it's. Um, yeah. Have you guys played it's, Scotland before? I would imagine you would have played Scotland sometime. Yeah, we were in Glasgow um, for um, a big festival, I would say, about 2005. Right. We came over, but, you know, it, we need to do more. Absolutely. I love being over in the UK. Absolutely. So I was just actually in London a few weeks ago, but I didn't make it up to Scotland. I just ran out of time, but I, I, I would love to. And I'd love to come over... Uh, I've been actually doing a few shows with Belinda Carlisle where we sing each other's songs and together and duet and sing our favorite covers. So that was fun. And um, there's a chance I will do more of that. And I, I do you know Brick Smith from The Fall? Yes, you know yes. The Fall? Well, I, she's an old friend of mine. I just was went to London and was spending some time with her. So she used to play in my solo band um, years ago. 
um, guitar, and actually, was she playing bass? No, she was playing guitar. And um, so the, the, I've I've been enjoying some collaborations with Belinda, with Bricks, different things. But I mean, not lately with Bricks, but we were talking about doing something together. So, and and of course the Bangles. There's always I play consistently with the Bangles. Just haven't been able to get to do some international dates recently. That's all. Well, Susanna, thank you very, very much for chatting to me today about all things music. And um, best thank of luck you. with everything you've got coming up in the future. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I am back with Nora Germain. And what a brilliant interview that was with Susanna Hoff, the legend from the Bangles. Yay! You like the Bangles, don't you? Yes, I do. So you're in a movie. I'm in a movie. Well, I'm playing violin in a couple of movies. Yeah. You're playing violin in a horror movie? A horror movie and also a black and white comedy. There's a couple things going on. And there's some new stuff. Actually, there's even some more stuff I haven't even told you yet, Scott. We'll have to wait till next time. I'm going to, there's some more surprises. So, yeah. <laughs> right. We'll wait till we're off here then. You can tell me all about it. So you're, char- you're starting in cheap, low budget movies made in hotel rooms. Basically. Pretty much. Um, what are you going to play this week in the old violin? Oh, what do you want to hear? I want to hear um, something in the style of Bach. Something improvised? Yeah, in fact, Queen. Do you know any Queen songs? Because at the end of the day, Fred West is the greatest frontman of all time. Um. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Continue with it. Uh, I don't know. That's a brilliant song. Bohemian Rhapsody is amazing, isn't it? Absolutely brilliant. I love that one, yeah. Give me some. Yeah, that, that one. Bohemian Rhapsody. It's one of my favorites, actually. <laughs> Um, quickly give us something in the style of Johann Sebastian McBath. McBath? And this, sorry, you want me to make this up, yeah? Okay. On okay. the spot, mother... On the spot. Are you going to give me a key? Yes. What key? B. Oh, Callum. I mean, Scott! Don't you call me Callum again. I'll, I'll hang up on you. I'll never speak to you again. I'll find a way to get all my pledge money back if you call me Callum. Sorry, Callum. Before. I right. don't know what. Thanks for doing it on what? my podcast as well. Hurry up, you come back. Play some Macbeth in the key of B. Oh, And by the way, right, do you know who we don't thank enough in this? Ron North, the amazing producer who puts all this together. (laughs) 
That one's for Ron. How good is Ron, Nora? He's great. Thank you, Ron, for all that you do. I want to tell you how much I appreciate you tolerating me on this show. Yeah, so if there's one thing that's awful, could you imagine listening to Nora speak every week is bad enough when you're me and you're having to talk to her, but the fact that Ron has to listen to all this back and edit it and listen to Nora and I rabbit on a lot of nonsense time and time again. I would, I would jump off a cliff, honestly, I would. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, you can pay $300 to spend a day with Nora. Everybody go for it. Pledgemusic.com and all that. Uh, Nora's your main.com, scottcowie.com. Thanks very much for listening to this podcast. Huge thanks to Susanna Hoffs. Absolutely brilliant interview. She's really cool. Um, check out her website. Same thing, it's her name.com. And we will see you beautiful people next week. Next week. 